0: Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for Mumpreneurs by Mumpreneurs. Each week, we're diving into mum approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I'm your co-host, Michelle Pondvert. And
1: I'm Olivia Radcliffe. And today, we're going to do something a little
0: different. I'm going to interview Olivia. I'm going to (laughs) probe and prod and ask all my prying questions and I think it was going to be a really fun way for us to just help you get to know e- like each of us and I think just explore a little bit more our backstories and how we've gotten to where we are today. So with that being said, Olivia, do you want to do like your, I don't know, your background, how you got to where you are now in your business and then we can kind of dive in deeper?
1: Yeah, sure. Although I will say it <laughs> just got me a little anxious talking about how you're going to probe and do the deep dive oh. and really like... You know, I'm a, I'm
0: a probing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So I have really been a serial entrepreneur my entire life. I think my first legitimate business was I was eight years old in third grade and I had a lawn care business and I had a little invoice pad and a special pen that I used to write on my invoice pad. And I don't think I ever spelled anyone's names right when I wrote out the invoices, (laughs) but I was official, man. But my, my current business, the Bluebell Group is my core business. I started that, I, I think it's going to be five years today, which feels wow. like, uh, not today, this year. I was gonna say like, how did we time today? that? That'd <laughs> yeah, be perfect timing. <laughs> but that feels like a lifetime. Like I don't remember a time mm. where I didn't have this business. It's always been yeah. kind of very much part of who I am and how I talk to people and, and what I do in my business is is very much me. and. I I really started out kind of as I think I termed myself a wellness coach. And it wasn't necessarily wellness in the sense of like health and nutrition. I, I definitely talked mm. on that a little bit, although I'm not certified and I would, you know, say that. But it was more about overall wellness, like overall well being, mm. more to speak. Mm. And I pursued a life coaching certification. And so I did all the training, all those classes, and that was just a wonderful experience just in itself, taught me so much mm. about life and talking to people and, you know, how to really channel my natural empath powers and things like that. But I realized as I was doing this life coaching with people, this, this being coaching, so to speak, that I started seeing more and more entrepreneurs coming in. And they started to be more female entrepreneurs, and mm. there started to be a lot of moms. And so my niche kind of developed itself. And I think that was because that's where my superpowers really lied. You know, I really focused mm. on that intersection of life and business and, and talked on how, how one affects the other and didn't keep them so much as separate buckets, like you see with <laughs> some other coaching methods. Um, because that wasn't, it wasn't what happened for me. It was very much yeah. business and my life were very much entwined and yeah, things just kind of grew from there.
0: Yeah. Did you do that shift towards working with moms after you became a mom or was that kind of as you were becoming a mother?
1: When did that happen? Good question. I worked with moms before I was a mom. Oh, before, weird. Cool. yeah, it, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> and, and that is, it is interesting, but it is because I yeah. focused very much on, on, on the you factor of things, you know, what's your mm. schedule, what are your strengths? And that's yeah. something that I think resonates definitely with busy moms who need to focus on their schedules. It's very different than a, you know, quote unquote, traditional entrepreneur where you sit, you can go and sit for eight hours uninterrupted. If, you
0: know, mm.
1: you have a baby you're breastfeeding or someone you're homeschooling or, you know, toddler responsibilities, your, your business yeah. schedule has to look a little bit different
0: yeah did since you actually had a business before you then became a mom I did the other way around but I'm curious like how you saw that shift once you'd had a little guy and had this kind of other huge responsibility in your life what shifted in the business for you
1: yeah I mean it's a good question and I don't really know how to answer it because I don't know that much did shift you know I obviously changed very much as a Person, You know, I think becoming a mom changes you fundamentally. And I was able to practice what I was preaching on a different level than I was before. But when I first started Mm -hmm. my business, I still had a day job and other responsibilities. So it very much was still kind of the same thing that I was teaching before, because I was just running my business around, you know, a full-time job. I still Mm -hmm. only had a couple of hours to focus on it. And, and, you know, it was a lot of the same strategies, but just from a very different point of view, I think, different perspective.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I think that makes actually a lot of sense for people who are, like you said, kind of having a day job and then trying to build a business on the side it's a similar level of constraint obviously kids can then fall sick and have like the chaos that comes with them but yeah I think that's a really interesting parallel so can we go like way back what was little Olivia like as a kid I'm like desperate to know you said you had this entrepreneurial spark but like what were you like in school what were you like kind of growing up what did you find interesting what were your passions when you were like little little (laughs)
1: little little Um. (laughs) Well, I often call myself a walking oxymoron because (laughs) nothing I do really makes sense even to myself. There's things I like. And then I also like the complete opposite things. Mm. And so that can be very confusing and try to identify who I am. So that's, that's who I am. I'm a walking oxymoron. Mm. I was very, very good in school. I am a bit of a perfectionist. I always had straight A's and it, it was unheard of for me to, it wasn't even an option not to do my homework or not to do well. Like, Of course I was going to do well. That That just was what it was. And I became very hard on myself actually a lot of times because it was very much a drive to do more, to do better, had to be perfect at mm. things. And that's something I have since kind of worked through a little bit. I'm not going to say I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish in that area. Cause I still focus a lot on perfection and, and still hard on mm. myself sometimes, but not to the level I used to be little Olivia very much. I, I love reading. I love writing. I love being out in nature and hiking and family time and things like that. And I'm very much the same way today <laughs> that that's just that I am who I am. That hasn't changed very much.
0: That's lovely. Do you feel like that sense of perfectionism was really self-motivated, that sense of like drive, or was that something you feel like was taught or instilled in you by family or particular
1: teachers or mentors or someone else? Yeah. Now we're getting to the deep stuff, right? I told you Um...
0: I was going to prod and Probe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think there is a component that is my nature. That is how I am. I'm a firstborn child and I had a lot of responsibility very early on. And I, I've, my mom has always said I was born 40, like planning my (laughs) asset allocations from the womb. Like that's That's very much my personality, but it was, I I was held to those standards as well. Growing up, like there, there Mm -hmm. was very much, I was the firstborn, had a lot of responsibility for my younger brother and sister and in the household. And because I was naturally that mature, responsible individual, like that kind of became the, the expectation, right? If Mm. it's responsible, you kind of add more to their responsibilities list because you trust that they'll do it. Right. So, so yeah. And, And there is, you know, there, there very much is an element also in society as well of doing more and, and being perfect with something and getting it right the first time. And, definitely like even in my class in school that was very much something that was perpetuated with the teachers and such there wasn't a whole lot mm. of embrace failure as a lesson <laughs> teaching. like that that stuff didn't come until I was an adult <laughs> um, so. yeah
0: yeah I can imagine that was a really strange shift for you then from the kind of academic space into work with you know, yes, we're praised for accomplishment, but I think that sense of perfectionism often falls out when you have deadlines and you know pressure from work to kind of just do things rather than have them be perfect. Do you feel like that shift from, I know you went to college too, but do you feel like that shift from academics into a work life was tough? Or did you just like ease in beautifully because you're so good at doing things?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, going from school life, graduating college directly into a job. I, you know, in, in college, I did 31 credit hours a quarter, which is a lot. In, if, I
0: was going to say what's normal. That's,
1: <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Normal. Okay. I when I was in school was like 12 or 14 a quarter. And I was, oh 13, gosh. Okay. and yeah. I had to get, I had to persuade people. I did get special permission to add that many mm. classes and all sorts of things. And I graduated with, the the four year degree in like two years because Whoa. I yeah I, I super try like I said I'm overachiever and ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's unheard of then I'm going to do it. You're gonna do yeah it. And the same thing kind of came with work. I jumped in and I had I think at one point I had six different jobs. Yeah. I, I literally didn't have time to just stop and eat. Like I, I would mm. eat walking from the car into job number one and then maybe a slight snack on the way into job number three. And, you know, it was very much pushed myself very, very hard. So that going into the actual work world and the corporate environment was very much the same thing. I still pushed myself. One shift I did see is going into the corporate world. I joined several industries that were very male dominated. Mm -hmm. And as me being me, little blonde Olivia, I, I, I'm trying to find a nice way of saying this. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) I don't have to be honest.
0: (laughs) I was objectified
1: quite a bit and very much felt like my voice did not matter. There were lots Mm -hmm. of thank you, sweetheart moments when people just, you know, listened to what I had to say and then brushed it off very, very quickly. And that was something slightly different than the academic world because mm-hmm. I was always the one teachers called on and they always, you know,
0: yeah. respected
1: what I had to say. And then going into the corporate world where I was I, I actually got told one of my one of my jobs, they told me they hired me because I was sparkly and
0: yeah that's not what you want
1: that's not it. I was like but <laughs> what about on my experience and you know my graduate my degree with honors and all that yeah. stuff that doesn't matter no you're sparkly so yeah that that was a bit of a shift
0: yeah yeah so I can weirdly see a parallel between the, that experience of overworking and not being valued into starting working in your like own businesses creating this like wellness focus it almost was like the thing you were lacking was the thing you wanted to focus on more. I'm wondering if there was like a lot of, I don't know, self-acceptance healing in the process of kind of learning the skills you were bringing into your business and like teaching yourself, I think, along the
1: way. Oh, absolutely. Like a yeah. million percent. <laughs> Growing as, as a business owner and as an entrepreneur gave me a voice that I, I've never had in my entire life broke through a ton of barriers and helped me actually establish a lot of very healthy boundaries that I'd never been able to hold before in my life. And mm-hmm. I did go through the period of time where there's this very, um, it was this very stark contrast between working in the male dominated corporate environment mm-hmm. where I would say I'd have an idea and it would get brushed off until forgive me for saying this, but until the man (laughs) next to me stood up and had the same idea. And then suddenly it was a great idea. But then I'd go home and I'd work in my business and I would say something very similar. I'd have an idea. I'd talk with a client and they would think it was the best idea in the world. And they'd go off and and implement that idea and have a $25,000 launch. You know, it Mm -hmm. was, it was this very big, like gaping difference between how I felt and how respected I was, you know, my mm. my expertise did not matter in the corporate world, but it mattered very mm. much in my business and in those circles.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can really see that. I feel like knowing you now, I see a lot of the breadcrumbs of how you like got to be who you are today. But what would you say to yourself as you were first getting started with your business, knowing everything you know now? Like, What would you tell five years ago, Olivia, and what would you advise her to Maybe skip in terms of like challenges or, I don't know, mistakes made. How would you advise younger Olivia as
1: she got started? I would actually advise not to skip any of the mistakes because. Oh, I love that. The (laughs) mistakes actually really were where all the lessons were. And there were were a lot of really, really good lessons along the way. But really, it's embracing that minimally viable product. It's mm. getting out there and not being scared to just be you, to be your true, authentic self. And you don't have to play to the masses or anything. You can speak your truth and. And you will be helping people with that Mm -hmm. by being who you are and and saying what you, what you have to say. You're not going to be for everybody. There are people who are not going to resonate with you. They're not going to like you. There are going to be people who would directly come out and tell you they don't like you. And that's okay. You don't have to be Mm -hmm. liked by everybody. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a tough
0: lesson. I think I'm still learning, but it's hard when (laughs) you have that perfectionist and like people pleasing genes in you. Yeah. I think that's a really good piece of advice, even if it's hard to take. What do you feel like was the best like advice? What was like a moving, making, I don't know, thing, course, training, coaching moment that you feel like really helped you shift into the gear of where you are today?
1: I mean there are so many there's so yeah. many because I i I love I'm a shiny squirrel chaser as we all yeah know. You are. <laughs> um, I I love new courses and products and having a coach that's something I have always thought of as a really good investment for my own personal growth as well as the business mm. growth so there, I've had so many wonderful experiences along the way I will say one of the biggest changes in my life was with, was with Natasha Bray's course. It mm-hmm. was the ultimate up-level Academy. And in that it was very much, it was focused on kind of healing those, those very deep traumatic wounds that happened early on in life. And it was very mm-hmm. much connecting the whole life and business component, you know, that one thing does affect the other. It's not Mm. just a hat that you can take on and off. And now I'm entrepreneur Olivia, and I don't care about everything that happened to, you know, personal life, Olivia. Um, and in, in that program, I was introduced to heart healing therapy and Mm. that was just transformational. And I'm very much a skeptic when it comes to anything. the easiest way i can use to describe it is it's a kind of a hypnotherapy method and i walked into it being very very skeptical and thinking mm-hmm. this is never going to work for me i can't be hypnotized it's silly and woo woo and all that stuff but after going through some of the sessions and kind of healing some of those visibility wounds in myself some of those things that stopped me from showing up authentically before from you know believing that my voice didn't matter from being very scared to be seen as who I am, healing some of those things and really getting into the deep reason behind all of those helped me show up in a whole different way in my business than I, I ever had before, so. Yeah, I
0: think that's really interesting because I know this is like something you're really focusing in on more these days too. And I, I do see so much of the way you talk about business is so intertangled with like the human, the you, the like- as you said, healing come some of those past wounds, those past challenges. And I think that makes tons of sense, sort of seeing how it's all kind of come together. Yeah. So I feel like I wanted to shift away from so much business stuff and talk about some mom stuff. I have the pleasure to know your little boy and he's just the sweetest little guy. I'm curious what you feel like your parenting like methods, your parenting style has taught you about yourself. Has taught you about like how you want to move forward in like business in life. I don't know. I feel like motherhood and parenting is so transformational. I'm curious what your, I know your thoughts, your takeaways on
1: parenting another human. I mean that that's like five episodes all in itself. <laughs> so many. We can lessons. do a series
0: on that later. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> but no, I, there are so many lessons that hit me as I am teaching them to my son that I don't realize mm-hmm. that there are lessons I need to learn too. Yeah. For example, my son, the other day, he's three years old and he was trying, he really wanted the cat to get in a box. And <laughs> that shouldn't be that hard. It <laughs> shouldn't be that hard. Right. But he was chasing the cat, trying to get the cat to go mm. in the box. And I had to stop him and say, no, 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 no. Just put the box down. Just leave the box there. The cat will come to it. Just watch, just come here, come sit with me We'll watch. And sure enough, He set the box down, the cat came got in the box because that's what cats do, right? Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was very much this moment of teaching him that sometimes chasing something is not the best way to get it. Sometimes Mm. you have to let people come to you. You have to let things happen the way they're supposed to happen in their timing. You can't force it. And that was a moment in my life where I really needed to hear that. And (laughs) it was just a very good... It was a very good teaching moment for myself as well. And Mm. there's a lot of those parallels I have found that, you know, we we do have this wisdom inside of us, I think, that we don't Mm. realize we have. And... Oh, we take for granted. We just think that's how it is. Yeah, exactly. Or we take for granted and don't really, yeah, embrace it for what it is. And Mm. sometimes it's as simple as just like letting the cat come to the box. So.
0: (laughs) That's that's awesome. I feel like we should use that method more. <laughs> I like it. Oh, okay. I feel like we dug into the past. I feel like I talked a little bit about now. I'm curious what you see for yourself in the next five, 10, I don't know, 20 years. You're such a projector, I think. You really like talking about goals and like what what are you hoping for? What do you want to aim at?
1: That's also a very big question. I only like big questions. That's right. <laughs> no like what's your favorite food what's your favorite color we can do
0: that after but
1: 20 years (laughs) yeah you know yeah that's actually a bit of a shift I'm in at the moment where Mm. I'm very much focusing on goals as more of how I want to feel versus an Uh. actual tangible like this is actually I'm going to have x number of followers and make x amount of money Mm -hmm. and live in this place and I want to feel happy, and that's yeah. that's what I'm focusing on at the moment. And whatever's bringing me that feeling of the happiness or, or the internal joy of sometimes happiness is not quite can't be happy all the time—contentment sometimes. Contentment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mentioned I had the day job in the past, and mm-hmm. I recently made the shift to be fully self-employed. Even though that's something Woo-hoo! I could have done years ago, and just didn't do it out of, Mm -hmm. out of a sense actually of that was a ceiling I had set for myself. I'd always been in that framework of you always have your employee as well as an entrepreneur. And so coming Mm -hmm. into this new world where I've totally shattered that ceiling and there's lots of new potential and opportunities and places to explore and things to do.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, I'm not setting any limitations on myself. I just have the goal of, I want to take my core business and grow it to something where I can help as many moms as possible, have this joy I have of being able to spend as much time with my kid as I want help as many people as I want just be myself in the process. And Mm. I am so excited to see where our joint business is going to go and the ventures that we are doing together. (laughs) I know we have some very grand plans for the next, what was it? 20 years.
0: Yeah. You know, I I can see it happening even more than that, but you know, Uh we will start small.
1: (laughs) I will say one very direct goal I do have is I am actually going to go to France and meet you in person, Michelle. Yes. yeah the
0: strangest irony of this whole thing like Olivia is now the person I talk to every day my like business best friend my life best friend and we've never met and it's so weird Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) but it just goes to show like long-term relationships can work right (laughs) yeah communication is key that's what it all is
0: yeah oh I love that and it's really nice to hear you Find something more, in a weird way, more tangible to aim at. I know we talk a lot around, you know, goals and having, you know, things you're trying to aim at in your transformations, in your steps. And I think sometimes it can get so hung up on numbers and external validating things that it sort of loses track of the internal need bucket we're trying to fill. And I think tapping into like your need bucket, is just you want to be happy. You want to live a contented life. And I think in a really bizarre way, that's so much more tangible and so much more practical because you can make active decisions in the moment based off of what is going to make you happy or not. You can't make an active decision knowing, you know, this path will take me to, you know, five years down the line, make X million dollars, euros, pounds. Like it's so much less abstract to just chase the feeling
1: you're looking for
0: in a really roundabout way. I think it's also really tangible.
1: (laughs) Well, i think any anything we're after right it it's not necessarily that thing it's how that thing makes mm-hmm. us feel right and yeah. i think if you can tap into what those feelings are that you want you can have most of those feelings right now you don't have to wait till you have that thing whatever it is there's ways to integrate that into your daily life and just one small side tangent that has Go really helped to bring this home for me right now <laughs> my my late grandma i when i was a kid i deemed her my soulmate she and i were Aww. very in tune and she loved to read and loved to write and she and I were great pen pals, you know, with actual traditional snail mail letters. And (laughs) I loved getting letters from my grandma. And she also did all these, the old school photo albums, you know, where Mm. it was actual, like, take the picture, get it developed, put it in. And she'd have little handwritten comment cards that she'd stick in like all the captions. And so she'd create these little like books out of the photo albums. And there was one I found that was, it was about my two-year-old birthday or something like my second birthday and I got a swing set and they're you know all these pictures of people building the swing set and mm-hmm. uh, I showed it to my son and that became his favorite bedtime story is what <laughs> um, mommy gets a swing set <laughs> mommy gets a swing set um <laughs> but one of the caption cards that was in it fell out because this was the it's an old book right the sticky is gone mm-hmm. from the pages and I couldn't find it for the longest time and it, it Kind of hurt my heart a little bit because it was my grandma's handwriting and I miss her. And, and then one day out of nowhere, it just, it showed up and the caption was, aren't you happy Livy?" And it was this very much like Like, message moment from my grandma of, oh yeah, I need to focus on my happiness. That's what this is about. Cause it was, it was Mm -hmm. a time of my life where I was very much going, 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 striving for more, waiting to hit those goals and find that next thing. And it, it was a very good reminder to stop and focus on what I do have. And so that now sits in my bathroom and every single day I look at it multiple times a day and think, aren't you happy Livy?" And yeah, I am really happy. And if for a moment I'm not, then I think, okay, well, what can I do? to, to find that happiness mm. and that joy again. And I will say, since looking at that, I have been insanely happy every single day, <laughs> knock it's on good wood. Reminder. My goodness. I feel like I just changed myself, but you know, I'm embracing <laughs> that I'm embracing the yeah. fact that I, that's how I'm choosing to feel in this moment. Yeah. It's not saying that everything is going right all the time and that there aren't hardships and hurdles and times I'm super stressed, but mm. that is the emotion I want to feel. And so that is what I am choosing to feel
0: yeah that's where you're aiming at I love that I think the visual reminder is a really good thing because it's one of those it's one of those pieces you can sort of forget in your day and all the hustle and bustle and you know taking care of everybody else I think you can forget to look out for yourself like especially as a mom yeah uh okay let's wrap up on some lighter stuff because I feel like I went really hard what's your
1: favorite color (laughs) I don't really have one it's usually pink (gasps) Okay, yeah, so I like blue with colors. your eyes.
0: You would have to love blue.
1: I do like blue. I normally go with pink, but I am a sucker for like butter yellow.
0: Ooh, Although goodness. I can't wear it.
1: What's your favorite? Horrible color oh. to wear. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite food? Uh, everything. I don't really have one. <laughs> I'm a So big... she doesn't make choices,
0: people. <laughs> I don't
1: make choices. I am a big foodie. I love Alpex Steakhouse cheese fries with extra ranch. And it it's like 3,000 calories a plate. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Favorite book? I don't have one. I love a lot of books. You don't make any choice. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I really don't. I I always every year in the winter when it's the first snow, I reread *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. Every <gasps> I love first that snow. one. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. And movie or TV show? I'll let you have TV show too. Okay. Well, movie. My favorite movie I can't say is *The Wizard of Oz*. That has been my uh, favorite movie since my grandparents, my grandma, in fact, had me watch it over and over again while my little sister was being born. They were watching me, oh, and they put on The Wizard of Oz, and that was that. That's <laughs> um, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I've always, I used to go around and introduce myself as Dorothy Gale from Kansas. So <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> in TV shows, I'm, I'm, I also run the gamut there. I have lots of favorites. I love creepy scary things um, <gasps> that's a contrast <laughs> yes it is walking oxymoron like i said yeah um, do you like the jump scare the gory stuff what i don't what like do the like? gory stuff i like more of the paranormal sutra- supernatural stuff you yeah, know the show supernatural yeah yeah that was too scary for me i'm an absolute chicken <laughs> <laughs> oh dear
0: okay favorite place to go
1: for a happy day if it's warm somewhere outside and sunny, if it's mm. cold somewhere inside where I don't have to face anything cold, so something in front of the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And last one: What's your favorite day in the year? Favorite day in the year? Hmm. Mm. Well, May is my absolute favorite month. I mean, it's because my birthday's in May. It's so. because your birthday's. <laughs> Maybe it's your birthday. That's my favorite day. Um, oh no, that's too cute. <laughs> but actually it is I love I love May I am a big fan of my birthday I will say I'm mm-hmm. a big birthday person but my yeah, birthday that's why we get on. <laughs> my birthday is September 1st and it's the start of fall and I'm not a fan of the end of summer and ah. beginning of the cold winter I'm not I'm not a cold person so
0: well in Australia it's still warm so yeah, I just need to works. move to
1: Australia right there you go <laughs>
0: This has been so much fun. I feel like we should do these every once in a while. But is there anything else you'd like to share? Any kind of last thoughts? Did I miss anything in my probing Mm -hmm. questioning? Let's save something for part two. Something (laughs) for part two. Well, this was really fun. I feel like I got to know you in different ways. I mean, I feel like I to you very well, but it's been really fun to get to share some of those bits that I, I love about you with everybody else. And I think we're going to do this the other way around. So yeah. you'll interview me and I'm looking forward and a bit nervous. To, <laughs> for that oh, one. yeah. I'm going to
1: have some really deep questions now that I know which direction. Oh, dear. I'm going. <laughs> <And that's- laughs>
0: I'm looking forward and scared for that, but yeah, listen out for that one. And thank you everyone for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow entrepreneurs, we really appreciate a rating or telling a business friend about the show. We're going to be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. And until then, take care.